0: Welcome to this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com. For teleconferencing service anywhere in the nation, call 888-968-6186 or visit them on the web at AffordableConferencing.com. That's AffordableConferencing.com. Easy, affordable conference calling. Thanks for listening. And now here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike.
1: Welcome back to the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with my co-host, the wonderful, the talented, Mike Janung. Hello, Mike.
2: Ah, you're too much, Jason.
1: (laughs) Hey, I see you're wearing your Lakers shirt again today. I'm going to have to give you uh, some some grief about that because you know I'm a Supersonics fan.
2: You are? Yeah. So that means you're depressed a lot?
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. We won't go there. (laughs) So welcome to the show. We're excited to have you and we're talking today with a very special guest former pornography star Shelley Lubin. Welcome to the show, Shelley.
3: Well, thank you and thank you for inviting me to come.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for coming all the way from California. What a blessing. And we're excited to talk to our our listeners about a very under uh, underdiscussed element in our culture. People who have been trapped into this quote-unquote entertainment business mm-hmm. when really they they're basically having their sexuality stolen from them and and abused. So, But I want to introduce you and tell the listeners about you a little bit. Shelly, you you were the oldest of three children raised in a church where uh, you grew up to to love Jesus by the age of eight. Uh, Your family drifted away from God, and as time went on, you you resented your parents. They were taking less interest in their children, and you began looking for love in the wrong crowd and, and ended up on the streets of LA by age 18. And uh, you survived by making a living as a prostitute, eventually, uh, originally, and then as an exotic dancer for eight years, and then got involved into the porn industry as an actress in X-rated movies. And of course, along along with that, addicted to drugs and alcohol and scared by the, the trauma of your profession, uh, you tried to end your life by overdosing on pills at one point, um, slicing your wrists and, and drinking yourself to death. But... God had other plans for you in mind, didn't he? Yes, he did. Amen. Tell us a little bit about about that transition and what he's done for you so far.
3: Um, The transition from when I uh, left the porn industry? Yeah. Oh, well, that was really something he actually—I um, was involved in porn, but see, I had grown up knowing Jesus as a little girl, so mm-hmm. you have to understand the entire time that I was involved in these types of activities— um, you know, I was being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Right. So what had happened was um, I had gotten in a really bad car accident and I almost died. I was mm. driving a convertible Miata and a semi and I were racing at about 120 miles per hour and I was intoxicated and I'm going to guess they were too. Yeah. And he hit me on purpose and my car spun three times mm. and um, I just knew, I just saw my whole life flash before me and I just mm. knew that I, I really believed I was going to die and this was it. And God, he saved me. In fact, I landed without a scratch. Wow. And um, I just knew there was a battle for my life at Amazing. that moment. And um, in fact, when I went to go pick up my vehicle, it was totally uh, trashed. The tape, God says, pull out the tape and the cassette, and the song was Last, Dan- or, excuse me, Last Chance Wow! by Duran Duran. And I went, oh, my gosh. And I just knew in my heart, God says, that's enough. You're not doing this. And from that moment on, I quit doing porn. And I had just met my future husband.
2: Hmm. Wow.
3: And which he just, he happened to be um, a drug dealer, but also a Christian race. Wow. So it's kind of weird. God brought two crazy people together. <laughs> so
1: amazing.
3: It was amazing.
1: Amazing.
2: Shelly, in the porn movies, where are led to believe that the actors and actresses are having a great time on screen, aren't mm.
3: they? Uh, from my perspective and what I viewed, no, they're not. Um, there's a lot of distress on the set, a lot of yeah. um, crying. Aww. Um a lot of yelling and throwing fits and rage, and some were even vomiting, um, a lot of drinking. Um, drugs weren't so prevalent in the professional. There's different categories of porn. There's amateur, pro-am, and professional, and the more professional, the drugs weren't as prevalent because they were worried about, you know, laws and stuff, but um, a lot of it was going on behind the scenes, and um, so, no, there was actually a lot of stress
1: Wow. on that
2: the set. Sounds like they hated every moment then. Um.
3: I have to say, especially the women hated every moment of it,
2: Aww.
3: because many times during the scenes, it would get so bad for them that they would have to pull a girl out and say, "Let's get another one in there." Oh my gosh,
1: mm-hmm. it's amazing. Get so bad. I mean, there were. I once watched a documentary with Diane Sawyer on uh, a girl who wanted to get out, but she was so entrenched in it, and you know, she was crying through this whole interview and just talking about how how horribly she was being treated. Uh, what are some of the abuses that occur in the pornography industry that we can talk about so that people know? Um,
3: I would say some of the abuses are, um, obviously, there's physical abuse. Okay. And uh, I don't want to go into details too much, but there's a lot, especially for women, there's a lot of physical abuse. Um, and so a lot of times they're not able to handle that type of physical abuse. And so they're pulled out, and another one who will, who says I'll do it, and um, she'll she'll then take that place of that girl. And so a lot of times these men think they're viewing the same woman, but they're not. Mm. Uh huh. So there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of um, throwing of fits, and I can't tell how many people and how many women I've seen throwing fits between scenes, screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs, um, because they didn't get their way or because. Um, jealousies involved. I mean, there's just all kinds of things, but I I would say, especially the physical trauma that their bodies are put through um, is just incredible. Some of them have to go to the hospital afterwards.
1: So a lot of violence.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, Oh yeah.
2: Are you saying they're being, some of them are being forced to do what they're doing? No, they,
3: they choose to do it, but they sign a contract saying, I'm going to do this type of film and I'm going to use these types of things in this film. And, that requires their bodies being physically abused. And obviously if something happens where they tears the skin, mm-hmm. they have to pull them out and put another girl in there. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk about some things that happened to you, per, you know, personally?
3: Um, well, I'm one of those girls mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. been physically okay, traumatized. So all
1: those things, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Me
3: and others, Um, a lot of times... Though some of us women, I was probably more the stronger type. Mm -hmm. And some of us, us type of women, we were the ones that were said, we'll we'll handle it. We'll take it from here Mm -hmm. Um, because we wanted the money. A lot of us, like I was extremely uh, obsessed with greed. And also there's a lot of need in women. What happens is we didn't get approved of growing up. And, and so we want that approval so bad. So we look right into the camera and, and everyone around telling us, wow, you're so good. you so, and we're getting that validation as a human being. So some of us are so desperate and starving for it. We'll do anything to get that validation, even abuse our bodies. And, and, um, a lot of times I just had, to, well, not a lot. Every single time before I did a movie, I had to get very intoxicated usually from marijuana and from alcohol, just so I could handle the, um, the physical trauma that I would put my body through, um, and it's it kind of like taking morphine after you had right. surgery, you know, right. or during surgery. It's just like that. It's like I needed some kind of anesthetics to get through it.
1: Right,
2: right. So you had to destroy your conscience. To do oh,
3: totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, if you're just joining us, we're meeting with Shelly Lubin, who... Used to work in the pornography industry as an actress, and now she's serving Jesus. And we're going to talk about Man. that this week a little bit. And then next week, of course, you can tune in for part two. But we're talking about her experiences, uh, the, her transition out of that lifestyle. And I'm just curious, uh, you know, we'll eventually get to, you know, what you're doing now for the Lord and how he's using you. But uh, many of the actors and the actresses come from broken pasts like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if you have a, you can talk about the prevalence of that and what you saw in your experiences in that brokenness in those lives.
3: Every single actor, actress I talked to did not have a close relationship with either the father or both parents. Mm-hmm. Um, as In women especially, I saw that um, along with myself, there wasn't a real... Um, Intimate, close, affectionate relationship with the father in the home. So, what happens? A lot of us went out and got that validation from males, right? Uh huh. And so, my whole life, I looked for love from males, trying to get that fatherly love, yeah. which I ultimately found in Father God. Wow. Uh huh.
1: Praise God. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but you know, it was a long journey. So, what happens is when we search for the love in the males, then we equate sex. Then is love. Right. So then now we're addicted to that because that is telling me you love me because you want to do that to me, mm-hmm. which that's not what the male is thinking at all. It's a lie. And so there's a big deception and lie, and that's the main reason. And then what happens is then we start to hate men mm-hmm. with a hatred because they're not feeding our emotional needs and nothing is filling up. So then greed takes the place of emotional need. You think, you know what? I'll get all your money then, right. I'll get every last stinking dime. And I'll make you poor and I'll ruin you. And and then we start to be vengeful. I can't tell you how and then then you turn to women and have homosexual relationships with them because mm-hmm. they'll feed your emotional need. So now you're using men and you're having relationships with women, which and then many times what happens is we marry our porn directors. Oh. Because uh-huh. I can't tell you how many actresses marry their porn directors. Oh. Because they think they're trapped in a world of this person's validating me tell me you're so good at that you're so good at that and that's all we ever wanted was that validation as a human being mm-hmm. and it all stems from being the kind of home that we were raised in
1: right
2: what is can you say what is the turning point in your life when you were a kid when you made that turn toward the wrong place for
3: that body well it's interesting you say that because um, I, I was talking to my mom the other day. She came over and brought some old pictures of me that I haven't seen. Mm. And there was a picture of me at 15 years old wearing a Playboy bunny outfit. Wow. I said, Mom, who took this picture? She goes, well, I did. I said, you let me wear a Playboy bunny outfit at 15? Because I have a 17-year-old daughter, and I guarantee you she's not wearing a Playboy bunny. And, I mean, I had the garter, the the low-cut leotard and the ears and everything. My mom goes, well, we just didn't want the fight. And so I would say what happened was is I wasn't getting the validation I needed Um, probably from my father, Mm -hmm. um, even though he, he was my hero, there was just no close relationship. And so then my mother though was really sweet and sheltered raised by pastors. So she didn't know how to deal with this strong-willed kid who had tendencies towards sexuality at a young age. Right. Uh huh. So basically instead of have a big fight in the house, she just kind of let me have my way. Right. And she told me the other day, well, we just, we just let it go. And I said, well, it went real far,
1: Mom.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so
3: she recognizes that. Right. But um, it started, for me, it probably, I would say I noticed um, in eighth grade, I was always kind of a fat, ugly kid with glasses. And I had lost a lot of weight because I had joined the drill team in high school. Mm-hmm. And I got contacts, and boys started paying attention to me. And it felt so good to have the male pay attention to me because I wasn't getting that father attention. Next thing you know, I was just looking for love in all the males. Right.
1: right. From a young age. Right. Well, and, you know, that's such a, Mike, such a strong reason about why parents don't need to be their children's friends. Mm -mm. They need to be their role models. They need to be their boundary and limit setters. And Shelly, obviously, your parents were afraid to set limits with you. They were afraid to say no. And men, listen, uh, for you who are listening to this show, wherever you are in America today, you need to set limits for your kids. You need to be man enough to say no. And you need to protect them and stand up. Otherwise, they're going to go look for male validation and male limit setting from the wrong guys, the bad guys. Isn't that right, Shelly? And you
3: know that those boundaries... The child actually wants that.
1: Absolutely. I have a
3: seven-year-old daughter, and I am strict. There's no secular music, There's, but I'm fun. We have a blast in my house. I have yeah. a good time, but she feels like she's a precious jewel. I tell her, right. you're my ruby. Yeah. I don't just give rubies away to boys. <laughs> I don't give diamonds and emeralds away to boys. I have right. three girls, right. and so my daughter feels like, you know what, I'm— I'm too valuable just to date. She's 17 and does not date. We don't. Wow. We don't do dating in my house. Wow. We'll do courting. Yeah. Holy Spirit can pick him out. Yes. So that, but she feels so loved and valued as a woman, and my husband too.
1: Well, yeah, and, and wouldn't you say that when you were wearing the Playboy bunny outfit and everything, it was in like my part, dad said,
3: I don't care about you in it without um, saying those words. And it's like uh-huh. you were
1: advertising, "Hey, help me!
3: Hey, look, look at, at me. what I'm
1: doing. I'm going to keep doing this and pushing the boundaries uh-huh. until you set me, you know, set some boundaries for me." You know, and it's, don't you wish you would have called your bluff?
3: Yeah. uh huh. I'll tell you, I bluffed the whole time. I used to write letters about how I was having sex at age 16 and leave them all around the house. My mama goes, You'd leave, you leave these letters around on purpose. And I'd be, mm-hmm. no, I don't. But deep inside, yes, I do. Yeah. Because I want my dad to say, you know what? You're my valuable daughter. No man is just going to grab my daughter and do those things to her. Right. And he didn't do that. Mm-mm. And so now what, what's, what's awesome though is I have compassion because his father was not there for him either. So right. he had no role model either. Right. So as a person, I have compassion. He realizes his mistakes. But what we can do is go on from here with my family now, mm-hmm. and my husband knows what he needs to do as a father.
1: Right. Amen. Yep. And Mike, I know you've got kids, and— I mean, Shelley's obnoxious behavior, much like my teenage obnoxious behavior, mm-hmm. was a cry for help. Yep. And parents need to see that. And I know that your kids are younger, but they do obnoxious behavior. And wouldn't you say it's a cry for help?
2: It's a cry for help. It's a cry for leadership and mm-hmm. guidance. Yes. Mm-hmm. To want to know how to live life. Right. I mean, when, when, when we fight for our kids, that's how we show them that, that, that we care and that we love
3: them. Right. There's four words that I was crying out my whole life, and it was pay attention to me.
1: Wow, wow.
3: That's all I ever said. And now finally, I'm like, I finally found someone who'll pay attention to me 24 hours a day, and that's Father God. Amen. And I go, I had no idea. He's he's so, The fatherhood in him is so real to me that my dad on earth could never compare. Even though I love my real dad, and he's really actually a great dad in me now, yeah. I just know that Father God is the true father. that He sure. follows you everywhere, validates you, you're doing great, hey, don't go there, mm-hmm. sets boundaries for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he gives you such a safe, healthy, normal life.
1: Christ God, well, listen. I'm curious about another thing because one of the perils of this industry, uh, one of the perils of those who fall into these traps, because of broken families or just you know misguidance is disease. I mean, we're talking about real life, not just spiritual disease, but physical disease. Yes. And uh, if you're just tuning in, again, we're meeting with Shelly Lubin, who used to be a porn star, now is a Jesus star. Mm-hmm. And she's <laughs> serving God. She's flown all the way out here from California. And thanks again, Shelly. What a blessing to be with us on our show. And now you can hear her all over the, the world uh, through the web at blazinggrace.org. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that disease process. What happens and what is happening? What have you seen? Uh, I know you've got a lot of knowledge in this area because of your research, but fill us in here.
3: Well, firsthand experience myself, I caught herpes from the industry. And back then, this is over 10 years ago, back then we were only required to do AIDS tests. Um, It has changed since then, but to this day, they still do not test. They do not require testing for herpes. So I caught herpes. That's a non-curable disease. I was so—that changed everything for me and then shortly after I had the car accident. But God allowed these things to happen, obviously, because in crisis we reach out to Him. Right. But, um, yeah, I caught herpes. And um, and so what's happening is um, just recently, like just in April, they had five people catch AIDS. Wow. Excuse me. I'm going to rephrase it. Five people caught HIV. I think one of them is full-blown AIDS now. One of them was only 18 years old. Is that right? She had just started to go in the industry, and she caught AIDS. Oh. So they're saying they have everything so regulated. There's the adult industry medical health care facility that they started in 1998, and they're saying ever since we've started, you no, know, we take care of the porn stars and we're making everything healthy. But it's not true. I know on, on the Internet I read that they write eight prescriptions a day for STDs in the porn industry. So it is prevalent, and they say that um, – even, especially in the gay porn industry, that 40% of those actors are walking around with HIV and don't know it. Wow. And in America, there's 280,000 people walking around with HIV and don't know it. Oh. So what's happening is um, is people aren't... there. It's just a facade of deception. I know for a fact because I was that person who caught that, that sexual disease, and I was only in the industry less than two years. Wow. But I just want to add that God did heal me of that disease. Wow. And a lot of people that's impossible. And I said, actually, it's not impossible because when we were in the military, the army, uh, when I was pregnant, um, they always do studies up there at Madigan um, Army Facility in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I, they asked me, do you have herpes? That's a routine question when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, I've been diagnosed. And They said, oh, well, will you join a study? We want to do a study on pregnant women with herpes. And anyways, they tested my blood because they do special testing in the army. They said, you don't have any HPV virus. You don't have any herpes at all. I said that would explain why in 11 years I haven't had an outbreak. But I'm positive that I was diagnosed with herpes because I had to take—I uh, think it's called Zovirax—and wow. so I'm totally cured. So that was just the Lord saying, "You turn back to me, I'm going to heal you."
1: Amazing. Yep. Amazing.
3: And my husband doesn't have it, and my kids don't have it, so I know—I mm. know I've been healed from it. That's fantastic.
2: With so much of that—that that sex being unprotected, though, how can they really? Would, it, would you say they were dealing with it somehow or managing it? Well, there's or...
3: 200 companies approximately in the San Fernando Valley, which is the porn capital of the world. And two companies out of those 200 require the actors to wear condoms. The rest do not. Mm. This is what I've read on the Internet. Um, so I know when I was involved in it, nobody wore condoms because they say that takes away from the fantasy of it. Um So I know for a fact that that person can go out, even if they bring a test that day, they can go out that night and party, which we did and slept with other people. Because remember, we're all looking for love. right? Uh, So then we come back the next day and we take our little AIDS test. Of course, that's not going to pick it up the next day what you did that night.
1: Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let me ask you this. When a person is watching a porn movie or downloading porn on the Internet, what role are they playing in the abuse of, of these actors and actresses?
3: Well, they're making a demand on them to um, to further be to further sear their conscience. Yeah. Um, even though that person's made that choice, it becomes so, a vicious demand uh, on that person. That if, if nobody would download porn from the internet, these people wouldn't wouldn't turn wouldn't do that anymore. I I really believe that the demand wouldn't be there so they would look for something else. Yeah. I believe especially of Christian people who are looking at porn that they're further separating them from God and they will you will be accountable for that right. that you are you are a party to that. And um I also believe that um because What you're doing is you're feeding them, this is love, this is love, this is love. And that's not love downloading their movies. They really feel like, finally have that approval, finally have that validation I want. This is love, this is love. And it's all false love. Because what happens is they'll get older and they'll have nothing. They'll have nothing but disease. They'll have a shattered and traumatized. They have have no ability to have normal relationships. So you're totally destroying human beings by downloading porn from the Internet and looking at porn.
1: And Shelly, just on behalf of all those who have downloaded porn and looked at porn on the internet, myself included, I just want to tell you, I I, I, would, I would like to ask for your forgiveness. And I want you to know that, that I was wrong to do that. And we were wrong to do that. And those of us out there, you know, those of you out there that can hear my voice that are still looking at pornography... You need to stop because you're damaging people. You're objectifying people. You're taking precious souls like this mm-hmm. this angel of God we have in our studio here, and you're using, abusing them, and you're filling them with empty promises. And and and, and what, if, what do you say to the guy, though, Shelly, who says, Well, you know, Shelly chose to do this.
3: And what I would say is I, I, I wanted a father. That's what I wanted. I wanted a father. I wanted someone who says, You know what? You're special, and I love you. And when I didn't get that, I looked to you men to tell me that. Right. Mm-hmm. But instead, you decided you wanted to degrade me, and, and so I accepted that as love. I was desperate enough to even accept that. So yeah, on behalf of all those, all of us in the porn industry, especially the women, um, we just want you to value us um, the way God values us, special, beautiful yeah. women. Yeah. Um, who are who have gifts and talents and and are are supposed to serve the world with motherhood and and um, make the world beautiful
1: absolutely absolutely because mike there's a little girl behind all of these actresses, and as men we're drawn towards protecting these little girls
2: right and Shelly, tell us about that little girl who was behind the shell of a person that was shown in the born movies
3: like I said, that little girl her whole life since I was very young, was saying, pay attention to me. Someone pay attention to me. Someone, do you see this? Do you see how I'm good at this? Oh, you didn't see that? Oh, well, maybe I'm good at this instead. No. And so finally I said, well, I know something I can be good at mm-hmm. because that's something every woman is born with, her sexuality. Right. And um, so when they finally, someone finally said to me, now that you're good at. right? Wow. Okay. This girl's really good at that. So now you're special. Now you're validated. Um, but we're going to abuse you. So basically, in order to ever be appreciated or valued in this life, the little girl in me says, I'll do whatever it takes. But, you know, speaking of the little girl, there were times that you get so shattered from the trauma that I literally would go home and sit in the corner and suck my thumb and, and cry for a daddy. Right, right. A lot of people don't realize the mental illness and the insanity that comes along. And, like, age regression, I'd go back, and sometimes I would, I would, as strange as it sounds, I was so sick that I'd sit in the corner and be shaking and going, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, right. you know, I'm, and they don't realize that, the trauma of that.
1: Yeah, it's painful. Now, you've grown a lot in this, and I'm really proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. And I, I truly hope, in a sense that you already have, that you can forgive guys like us who have made this horrible mistake. But I also want to end with this. What can you say in just this last minute here to those women out there? who they haven't gotten into the industry but they've allowed their husbands to abuse them by recording them by treating them as a sex o- object in their own home with video equipment or who are basically not able to respect themselves in their sex lives with their husbands.
3: Like I can tell you what I would do. I would go after God with my whole heart and get to get the real love, get the real validation. And then after that, I would I would love my husband through it. I would stand by him if you want to know the truth. I would serve him and but I wouldn't go to him for validation. God would be my validation, and I would share that joint source I got from God with my husband.
1: Great. Awesome. Well, we've been meeting with Shelly Lubin today. We need to end, but listen, tune in next week when we talk part two with Shelly Lubin, former porn star, now Jesus star. If you missed this show and you'd like an archived copy, go to blazinggrace.org and download an MP3 for yourself. Shelly, thanks so much for being with us. God bless you. you. All right. We'll see you next week. This is Jason Graves and Mike Janung with the Blazing Grace Show.
0: Here's a reminder from our friends at AffordableConferencing.com. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, do you need unlimited flat rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per minute per person charges. Go to affordableconferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. Jason and Rob know he saved them thousands of dollars. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. And remember, if you'd like a downloadable copy of today's broadcast, visit blazinggrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G. And if you need to speak to a therapist, you can call Rob McIntyre at 593-1163 or Jason Graves at 590-7685. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing Grace. We'll be back again next week. Be sure to tune in at 11 o'clock right here on 100.7 KGF2.